loving Father in heaven, praise, glory, honor, and adoration be unto your name for your mercy and love, your long-suffering and goodness towards us. Father in heaven, we consecrate ourselves to you now and ask, Lord, please accept us, grant us of your spirit, cleanse our hearts of all filthiness, and we pray, Lord, that our lives shall be the simple outworking of your will. As we go through the devotion for this morning, we pray, Father, that by your grace, we shall have power, power to live for you through your word, and that you will give us words to speak that will bless all who will be listening. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen. Our high calling, May 30, Pledge of Our Acceptance. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 What does this scene mean to us? How thoughtlessly we have read the account of the baptism of our Lord, not realizing that its significance was of the greatest importance to us and that Christ was accepted of the Father in man's behalf. As Jesus bowed on the banks of Jordan and offered up his petition, humanity was presented to the Father by him who had clothed his divinity with humanity. Jesus offered himself to the Father in man's behalf, that those who had been separated from God through sin might be brought back to God through the merits of the divine petitioner. The prayer of Christ in behalf of lost humanity cleaved its way through every shadow that Satan had cast between man and God and left a clear channel of communication to the very throne of glory. The voice of God was heard in answer to the petition of Christ, and this tells the sinner that his prayer will find a lodgment at the throne of the Father. The Holy Spirit will be given to those who seek for its power and grace, and will help our infirmities when we would have audience with God. Heaven is open to our petitions, and we are invited to come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. With all our sins and weakness, we are not cast aside as worthless. He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6 
the glory that rested upon Christ is a pledge of the love of God for us. It tells of the power of prayer, how the human voice may reach the ear of God and our petitions find acceptance in the courts of heaven. The light that fell from the open portals upon the head of our Savior will fall upon us as we pray for help to resist temptation. The voice that spoke to Jesus says to every believing soul, This is my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. Amen and Amen. The title of our devotion is Pledge of Our Acceptance. The Lord wants us to have hope and not be discouraged as we walk on our journey back to the image and glory of God, which we lost. There are times, of course, when as we come nearer to Christ, we do not see anything good about ourselves. We understand that we are sinners, but God wants us to know that he is walking on this journey with us and he accepts us because of his son, Jesus Christ. We are looking at the baptism of Jesus and the lessons we can learn from it. Our key text, Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Amen. And the lesson we get from this story and from this event is one that should give us hope and courage as sinners that the Lord accepted Jesus and said those words, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Man, fallen man, in his sins had no hope, no hope to come out of his sins, no hope of eternity, but the Father sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins and also to give power to those who would want to overcome sin. The Father said on the day of Jesus' baptism, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Pleased for what purpose? Pleased to do what? Isaiah chapter 53 tells us what he means by why he is well pleased. In the book of Isaiah 53 is an exposition of the, like they call it, the passion or the sufferings of our Lord Jesus Christ. A summary of his story and what he came to do for us. We read there in the book of Isaiah 53, from verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. If I go back to verse 3, it says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. 
he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. And that's when he says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now I'll go down to verse 9 and 10. It says, And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Now verse 10 tells us why the Lord is well pleased. It says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Amen. The Lord is well pleased with Jesus. And on that day when Jesus baptized, what the Father had in mind is this, that he is pleased to lay on Jesus all our iniquities. The acceptance of Jesus that day was an acceptance as him as the Lamb of God. Remember, before Jesus even baptized, John had already said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And when John had baptized Jesus, then it was confirmed what John had said when the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He, the Father, is happy to have Jesus as the Lamb of God, on whom the sins of the whole world, in fact, take it personal, on whom your sins, you who are listening to me, your sins and my sins, was to be placed on him, so that we can have another chance at life. This is why that event is the pledge of our acceptance. From that event, we understand that the Lord will accept us too. Romans chapter 8, reading 31 and 32 says, If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but gave him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things. That event is the pledge of our acceptance. It is the day that the Father accepted that Jesus was going to be the Lamb of God that will take away your sins and my sins. So God wants us to have hope that even though we have sinned against him, Jesus is the pledge of our acceptance. And through him we can have hope that if we come to the Father to petition him, we can actually come boldly. That's why we are told that in the scriptures. Let us all come boldly to the throne of grace and ask for help and we will receive help. And that help that will be given is none other than yours truly, the Holy Spirit. We are told the voice of God was heard in answer to the petition of Christ. And this tells the sinner that his prayer will find lodgment at the throne of the Father. The Holy Spirit will be given to those who seek for its power and grace. 
and will help our infirmities when we would have audience with God. Heaven is open to our petitions and we are invited to come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 4.16 It is the case most times that when we sin against God and grieve Him, we feel that it is a noble thing to stay away from Him. For some, after they've stayed away and they are able to exercise faith to come back and they grieve Him again and again and again and again and grieve him by a thousand falls. It comes to a stage where we feel, I'm not going back. I have taken advantage of his mercy too much. There's no need for me to go back. I feel he will not accept me. It seems I'm taking him for granted. But you must accept of God's goodness. It is not righteous for you to say that you will stay away from God just because you feel that you have been, uh, I say, wasteful of his grace or you feel that you have not appreciated his help as much as you should god wants us to know that we must accept his grace because it is that acceptance that will help us staying away from him will not help us by any way i'll tell you how it helps us reading from the book of romans chapter 2 reading from verse 3 says and thinkest thou this O man that judges them which do such things let me just go to verse 4 it says or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering not knowing that the goodness of god leadeth thee to repentance are we despising god's goodness are we rejecting it and saying i don't want to have it anymore if you don't have it you cannot get repentance it is by accepting the goodness of God and his patience and long-suffering and mercy towards you, a sinner, who has grieved him by a million falls. It is by accepting his goodness that you are transformed. When you accept the goodness of God, it subdues your heart so that if someone should offend you tomorrow, when you remember God's goodness to you, you also manifest patience. While you are trying to solve your problem, whatever that problem is, you are focused on solving the problem of perhaps let me just say alcoholism and you've fallen over and over in that sin but there's still much more in your life that god wants to correct than alcoholism and when you accept the goodness of god it helps to solve all the problems when you accept his goodness and his patience and long suffering you become sympathetic towards others you become compassionate you also become long-suffering and patient and kind towards others because of the kindness and goodness and love you receive from god you see that god's goodness is solving more than just your alcoholism problem god's goodness is solving many things and also when you think of how good he has been to you it gives you more hope and more courage and more push to say because of his goodness i will try again to see that i repent of this particular besetting sin you see some of us we focus on one sin and say oh this might be certain sin not knowing that there are many other things in our lives that are actually besetting sins just that you are not aware of them but the goodness of god accepted helps us to solve all these things and that's why you must accept the pledge of god's acceptance through jesus christ and you too should feel bold to come towards god 
even though you are a sinner. You are not coming because you are worthy. You are coming because you are worthy but depending on the merits of Jesus. It is through Jesus you come to receive help, to receive power, power to resist temptation. So for you who are in such a situation, who is feeling that you have grieved God by a thousand falls, there is hope. Come to God. He has, He will accept you and walk in you to will and to do of His good pleasure to transform your life. And for those who have already done that, stay with Him. He will give you power also and has told us wonderful promise that the same thing that happened to Jesus, when we pray, the light that fell upon Jesus is like falls upon us too and as the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, it comes upon us too. Our High Calling 156 paragraph 5 The light that fell from the open portals upon the head of our Savior will fall upon us as we pray for help to resist temptation. The voice that spoke to Jesus says to every believing soul, This is my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. Amen. The Lord wants us to have hope. You are his beloved child, not because of your righteousness, but because of your belief in Jesus, which brings in you that righteousness that you are looking for. Many of us want to come to God in our righteousness. We want to merit we want to merit his love. We want to be accepted because of who we are. But no, God wants to accept you because of who Christ is and your belief in him. Let us follow that process. We'll rise up from wherever you are, go to Jesus, and go to the Father actually, boldly to the Father, in the name of Jesus, believing in Jesus, and you will find help. The Holy Spirit is what we've been studying for some days now, and that help that will be given to you is the same help that was given to Jesus. When he baptized, the Holy Spirit was given in full measure to him. And when you come to Jesus, when you come to the Father to ask for help, we are promised in the book of Luke 11 verse 13 that the Father is so willing to grant to us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, come and he will grant us that gift. May the Lord help us. My prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. I can imagine the frustration of a parent who is trying to reach out to the child. Now, he or she comes close to the child, hoping to strike a conversation, to have a communication, to discuss how things and with the wealth of experience the parent has to advise the child and maybe hear what the difficulty may be like and give wisdom and um, counsel on how to take care of the situation and then the child is having blocking the advances of the parent you want to get in touch with your child you want to discuss but the child is mute doesn't want to say anything how are you i'm fine and then ask that question the child is just bolted it can be frustrating if you try that one day, one day, two, one week, year after year, and your child is in strange, is far from you. You give them food, provide for them, pay their house, uh, their 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 school fees, and do all manner of things that you know would be good for that child. But the child is still refusing to draw close to you. It can be frustrating. Or of a man who is trying to do the best to please the wife. And the wife is just seeing everything as nothing. The man is working hard. It can also be both ways. But you can understand, just like the Bible says, that 
Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He gave his life for the church. So it will be frustrating on God's part to see that we we don't want to come close to him. We keep ourselves far from him. Why did he die? He didn't die because we are righteous. He died because we were sinners. He saw our condition and so the only way we could reconcile this thing is for me to pay with my blood. And here we are turning away from him when we sin because of our guilt or because of our frustration, our depression, our disappointment. Truly we have done that. But if Christ had not died, we don't have any right to go to Christ. But now he has paid the price. Why do we deny him the privilege, the joy? It's the joy of a parent to help the child. I have money, I have means, I have things to take care of you. Take this. You know, it's going to be very disturbing for a parent to stretch out an arm of love to his or her child and then the child is saying, I don't need it. Yet you can see the child needs that. That want. That um, that help. You know the child needs it. You need, the child needs the services you want to give. But the child is saying, I don't need it. It can be frustrating. You have no bad intention. And so that's why God is pleading with us that Jesus himself has pledged with his life. We shouldn't allow any frustration or any situation we are in to stop us from this effort that God is making on our behalf. We are not good enough. Christ is good enough. And because Christ is good enough, we should not block the way. You know, in Matthew 23, 37, Jesus said that, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, going there, he says, How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not of course, the case was their stubbornness. But Jesus was not even looking at their stubbornness. I just want to help you. You can't help yourself. You know, in the cloud of discouragement, you need to be sure that God wants to hear you. And that's what he's saying. Not because you're righteous or you're well. Even in the midst of temptation. Now, I said in the midst of discouragement. That means you have already fallen. Or... You have some situations around you that are trying to make you feel bad. In that situation, God still wants to help. His hand is placed on the pulse of our hearts. When he just hears a whisper, I can tell you from my own experience, just a whisper to say, God, please help me. Peter said, Lord, save me. And God saved him. So God wants to help you. He wants to help me. You don't, you don't stop him. That's his glory. His glory is in helping us. His joy is in helping. Just like um, some of these people who do community services. Their joy is to help, like philanthropists. That's why it's better. Blessed is he who gives than he who receives. There's a blessing in giving. God wants to give something. And his joy is made more full when he gives and you receive it. So he's going around looking for. He's not stingy. He's not selfish. He's not self-centered. He wants to help as many as are weak and heavy laden. And you're one of them. I am one of them. Whether in discouragement or when you have fallen in sin, 
he wants to exercise that his attribute which is mercy you remember when moses was asking god show me your glory what did god say the bible says that he passed by and proclaimed the lord the lord god merciful and gracious long suffering and abundant in goodness and truth Verse 7 of I'm reading Exodus 34, verse 7 it says, Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. I'll stop there. So you see, that's the glory of God. To deny Him that privilege because of the way we feel wouldn't be nice. It, it would be like you know how somebody, you know, He can be happy if you just allowed yourself. You know, he's also going to help you if you allowed him. But we stop. So God wants to speak to us today. Christ has pledged himself to help us. You remember, the the Pharisee and the publican in Luke 18 who went to pray. One was justified, the other one was not justified. And the person who was justified was the publican who, the Bible says, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes to heaven. Luke 18, verse 13. But smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. What was his qualification? A sinner. And his prayer was, God, be merciful to me. That was it. He could not even lift up his eyes, but God still heard him. I tell you, verse 14, this man, went home this man went down to his house justified rather than the other you see for everyone that exalted himself shall be abased and he that humbled himself shall be exalted what was humility for this man recognizing his sin he went to christ what is pride here in the case of the 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 pharisee he did not even recognize his sin and so he went to God on his own status which is the risk we have this is the risk we are going to also have if we fail to humble ourselves in our sins by humility I mean now go to God the same way this man went to God he the publican humbled himself if you and I do not go to Christ in our sins and ask him to exercise to give to and ask to receive that benefit we are still proud because we are holding on to our own opinion of ourselves. And we wish to be to the, in that situation the Pharisee was, which is, okay, maybe I'll give myself some time to be good, to be nice. Maybe I need to forget this thing and clear up some of things, do some righteous works. Then I can now go to God and tell him, Lord, I fast two times a week. You know, I'm a very good person. That's the temptation we are going to enter in. So my point again is, rise up, go to your father. He's more willing to help us. That's the pledge he has made. And that's the way that Jesus made true for us. And let's not grieve his heart by staying away because he wants to help us. I'll read a quote here from our high calling. Our high calling, page 147. It says, With a sense that Jesus is by your side, you will have cheerfulness, hope, courage, and joy. Never, never separate from Jesus. He never separates from us. 
By the cross of Calvary, he has given evidence of this deep love for us. He does not leave us to fight the battle in our own finite strength. He says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hebrews 13 verse 5. Did you mark that word? I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'll continue the reading. Jesus does not cast us off. Even when we grieve him, he clings to us still. Let not let your heart be animated by the love of Jesus to ardent activity for his glory. Even when we grieve him, he does not separate from us. He is not cast off. He does not cast off. He clings to us still. Reminds me of Peter. Remember, Peter denied Jesus three good times. I don't know how close you would have been to Jesus compared to how close Peter was to Jesus. Peter was the man who, on the Mount of Transfiguration, said to Jesus, Let us build a temple, a house here, and, st- and settle down here. It was Peter that Jesus made to walk on water. It was Peter that Jesus visited the modern land, healed of fever. It was Peter who Jesus made, gave the sign or the miracle of catching much fish that even break his net. In which case, you can look at it that Jesus was beneficial to everything. Peter needed spiritually, Jesus was there for Peter. Um, financially, that's in his business, Jesus was there for Peter. Then, in family relation, in healing his mother-in-law, Jesus was there for Peter. And then, in influence, Jesus took Peter to everywhere that he's, he gave him the privilege of even meeting Moses and meeting Elijah face to face. Peter had high privileges. So for him to say to the little girl, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know who Jesus is. That could have been the highest betrayal. But what did Jesus do? I have prayed for you. Luke 22 verse 31. The Bible says, Verse 32, right? I said, But I have prayed for you that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now, this is Jesus saying, first in verse 31, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. And ahead of time, Jesus prayed for Peter. Even though Peter was boasting, I, I can do it, I can do it. And some of us also, we may have failed God because we, we thought we could stand in our own strength. And that may be the reason why we are even more emotional or more discouraged. We thought we could stand by ourselves or we were careless to some respect. And so the fact that we made the last decision that we were going to stand for God, just like Peter here boasted, Lord, I would go with you even in prison and to death. And we could have also reached that decision like Peter. But we could not maintain it. We could not uphold it. Yet Jesus knew our weakness. And he prayed ahead for us just like he did to Peter. So my point is, Jesus still got Peter's back. When, when, when Christ resurrected, he sent message and said, Go and call Peter for me. He mentioned Peter specifically because he knows Peter will be discouraged. Peter would have thrown in the towel and said, Forget about all these things. Let's just go back to fishing, which is what he did. But Jesus gave him back the opportunity to become a minister. He said to him, Simon Peter, feed my sheep, feed my lamb. 
God gave him back a very high privilege of ministering. Now, do you know that if Peter did not accept the forgiveness of God, he would not continue to work for God. Peter's zeal was more was doubled more because he accepted God's forgiveness. You for the, the reception of God's forgiveness in your own life will abound into greater usefulness for God. Do not allow Satan to discourage you, to keep you down. I ask myself, if I refuse to receive the forgiveness of God, if I refuse to confess my sin and move on with God, what is left there for me? I'm now a spot of Satan. And with experience, which some of you can also agree, when we refuse to go to Christ, maybe because we feel bad and say, I'm not going there and I'm not going to church, I'm not going to pray, how does it feel? How do you do? You, you see that your life even become worse and worse. Things become more disorganized. You become more confused, more emotional, depression sets in. Holding back from God will not help anyone. God has paid the price. So for those who are discouraged, move forward and talk to God. Don't look at your feelings. The price is Calvary. What was paid for is Calvary. Uh, what was paid for our sins was Calvary not our righteousness Christ is our righteousness so I really want to encourage everyone and for those who may be in a moment of temptation at that moment whisper a prayer even though you don't feel like it necessity of prayer is is even that you don't feel it the best time to pray is when you don't feel it at that time tell God Lord I don't even feel like praying that's your prayer can you help me is there anything I can do now is there a way of escape? You're telling God your exact needs and that's what he wants you to do. When those temptations cloud your ears, your mind, your thoughts, I enjoy it. I enjoy praying at that time. Not, the joy is not that I like being in temptation. No, the joy is that I know he will hear me because I have read from his word that he will never leave me nor forsake me. I know he will hear me. So I make mention. I, I remember the promise. I say, God, even though I don't feel like it, help me and like a cloud that is just moving or that passes by he helps he creates a way of escape i don't know any other place that will be safer than in the arms of jesus i don't know any other place i can't stand by myself and surely you cannot and that's why god is not interested in the stories about um, the the conclusion that i i don't think god wants to help me he's not interested in that he knows he wants to help you and he knows you will be a spot of Satan if you don't come to him. So let's not expose ourselves to danger. Let's not grieve the heart of God too for what he has paid for, which is our sin. Give it to him. He has paid for it. Let's not hold back. It will destroy us. It will destroy us. May God help us and keep us faithful in his sight. And may we let him receive what he has paid for. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for this wonderful privilege and access you have given us to your throne. Dear Lord, thank you for showing us much love. Thank you for giving our lives a value. We pray that in our different scenarios and situations which we will be facing this day, please help us to remember to ask for help. Help us to commune with you. Father, we now understand that you desire to be closer to us. Help us not to frustrate your efforts, but to work with you. Thank you, Father. 
for blessing everyone. Is anyone who is discouraged or feeling dejected, Lord, I pray you please send your angels by their side to encourage them. Assist them to break away from this cloud of doubt and darkness into your marvelous light. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.